Welcome to the Why Invest podcast with me, Doug Barnett. In this series, we want to demystify the worlds of finance and investment. We're going to be speaking with industry experts, strategists, fund managers, and financial planners. We'll hear from investment professionals who are at the top of their game, but also entrepreneurs who need investment, technology specialists disrupting the world of investment, and good old-fashioned active allocators of capital. What I like about doing this podcast, as I've mentioned before, is meeting people that are incredibly passionate about what they do. And my guest this week was exactly that. His name is Alistair Frost. He is the founder of Pentire Drinks, a non-alcoholic spirits company from Cornwall. Uh, Now, I didn't know much about non-alcoholic spirits before meeting Alistair, and he sent me a couple of bottles to test, and I'm totally converted. They were great. And looking at the underlying trends in the non-alcoholic market, um, the opportunity is huge. Now, Alistair's done his first round of fundraising. We talk a little bit about that and the creative process of designing and refining a brand, and, and of course, taste testing. Alistair brings a lot of himself to the brand, and we'll see what I mean, hopefully. And he has an interesting take on the kind of brands he wants to associate with. Without further ado, this is the Wine Best Podcast. The information provided during this podcast does not constitute investment advice and should not be relied on as such. It should not be considered a solicitation to buy or an offer to sell a security. Alistair Frost, welcome to the podcast. Alistair, how did you start your career? Uh, I started my career in drinks um, by really fell into in love with it by working in bars. So um, I started work, working in bars when I moved up to London, and then I, I sort of had all these interesting drinks brands coming through the door and selling their products to us. And I just thought it was so intriguing, and learned more and more about it, and thought I really want to have a go at that. Mm-hmm. So that's and did you were you focused on on alcoholic drinks or non alcoholic drinks as you've now sort of found yourself in? Yeah, good question. I mean, when I guess we were working in bars, it was it was a lot of serving alcohol, and then I. I did some time having a very small sales and marketing agency for a few alcohol, alcoholic brands. Um, but the, the non-out movement was so interesting. It was moving so fast. And, um, and with I was drinking a lot less. People around me were drinking a lot less. So I noticed that in my immediate circle and then also in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and thought that was something to take a leap on. You know? mm-hmm. So what time is it? What sort of date is this? How far back are we going? Is this sort of 2013, 2014, 2015? Or? Yeah, so I guess we're talking maybe four years ago. Okay. Um, so we, we've been trading for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at maybe a year of getting that going and you're starting really putting putting pen to paper and kind of trying to draw out concepts about four years ago so it was really when it was right so let's talk about that process because that must be a fun process sort of trying to doing this sort of concept work and you know trying to trying to think about the market and think about the opportunity and think and think about how your creative work can link to that um how do you come up with the idea initially so you're right. Uh, right at the beginning, it's about it's, it's about uh, visuals, it's about stories, and, and it's really creative led. Um, and then you you sort of go through the stages, I guess, where where I was, where I had a, a few different things, a few different um, a few different itches that I was really trying to draw up. So um, whether that was in in, in a wine or, or or in spirits or, or what that was going to be, um, and then and then pentai was a concept that I, I had mapped out. I had a rough idea of it. Was it always called Pentire? Was that the working title? Good question. The working title was not called Pentire. And um, the working title title was, uh, I think it was called Coast Drinks. And um, Mm -hmm. actually someone else has launched launched that. 
and um, and it wasn't available along with loads of other ideas I had. And I sort of just named Pentire as a holding name. It's two syllables. It's, it's it's scalable. It's easy to say. It's got heritage. It's got location, and it's just the name of our local headland in Cornwall. Um, but the the moment going from that. It was drawn up as a visual, as a creative idea, and then um, I decided to do some research with some local botanists about plant life in the area. And when I met up with a local botanist up on Pentire Farm, um, you might have to dis- um, define botanist. What does it mean to be a botanist? Sure, a botanist, uh, um, very knowledgeable about plants. Okay. So I met up with a botanist uh, on Pentire Farm, and he was like, "You, you know, this area has got some of the best um, conditions for for plant life in the UK." And we've got over a thousand plants on the headland and they're all super, super unique. I just thought that's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing place, um, an amazing home for the brand. And it's, it's, it's our home anyway. And um, that and, and everything about the project has been a really sort of natural unearthing, mm-hmm. which has been great. So um, take me back to that time with the botanist. At what point did you start sort of testing products? Um, and and how, how does one do that? Um, was that you or was that a team? Um, what was the sort of process behind tasting? Yeah, so at the beginning when we had the, we knew it was going to be Penta, we knew we had this amazing range of plants to work with. And previously I was selling a lot of gins on, I was on the front line at, at, at um, events or selling to buyers. And we're always telling stories of, of ingredients, location, what are their ingredients, what do they taste like, and how does that come through to, to, the, to what's in the bottle. So when we learn about a massive range of plants on Pentire, we're going, right, we've got to figure out what these taste like, we've got to distill them, we've got to learn about the flavours one by one. Some of them are ingredients that we have an idea about how they taste, and some, some of them aren't. So I, I started out distilling, just trying to distill in, in my kitchen in the harbour. Then I worked with some local botanists and distillers. And um, it was at a time when you called around and asked for a lot of favours and people just think you're a bit mad saying you're making non-alcoholic drinks from local plants. So, so the answer to that really is you start out yourself and you, you call people for advice and you kind of get things moving until you end up really going to, going to some specialists when you have a, mm-hmm. a better idea of what you need and yeah. whether it'll work. So you had a brand name um, and you had um, uh, some sort of uh, tastes that you, that you liked. Um, what was the next stage? So when you've got brand and you've got liquid... Um, the thing that you had a hunch on, you kind of get a much better idea of it and you really need to, it's, it's driving all things at once, isn't it? You've got to learn more about the bigger opportunity. What's, what's the market doing? If you did it, is it, is it growing? Um, is there a bit of a tailwind? That's obviously a yes in, in non-out, which is fantastic. Um, and uh, What do you think drives that tailwind? Why do you yeah. think there is this sort of momentum behind non-alcoholic uh, beverages at the moment? There's, there's health. There's people realizing that alcohol is not fantastic for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's time. Uh, you know, people are valuing time very differently, um, and maybe don't have time to be hungover. Maybe there's a lot of lot of light on mental health at the moment. People are maybe realizing actually don't really like how it makes me feel. Why do I do it? Mm-hmm. You know. So there's there's so many components. Where do you think the growth is being driven from? Um, well, the growth is in terms of the type of person is the growth is coming from people that moderate. Mm-hmm. So. To give context into answering your question there, you've got a lot of older people moderating for health reasons. They've gone, I've drank so much during my life, it's not that great for me. Yeah. Um, you've got young people where the stats are so high on the numbers that mm-hmm. don't drink. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've also got this, this chunk in the middle, you've got these kind of 25 to 35, 40 year olds that are just going, uh, you know, maybe drank a lot during university mm-hmm. and it was all a bit of fun, but I'm really not that into it and I don't mm-hmm. see the point. Mm-hmm. And they're going, 
younger people don't even drink, mm-hmm. older people are realizing it's not that great. So everything's kind of mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And tell me, what do you think, what, in your view, sets Pentire apart? And, and, and you so you've got your tastes, you've got your brand, um, you have your addressable market. Um, what do you think, what do you, where's your sort of line in the sand and, and, and where do you say, like, you know, this is what Pentile sort of believes and stands for? Mm. Um, so what sets us apart is, is what we believe and, mm-hmm. and we believe in, in uh, the power of, of active adventures. Mm-hmm. So what that means for us is that we are fully aware of the power of, of exercising and getting outdoors and that the power of doing that is, is going to make you feel far better in life, short or long term, than, than anything else that you're really doing, mm-hmm. especially if you're relating to, to drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. So so everything that we do is always in, re- communicating the lifestyle that we lead and trying to encourage other people to get out there, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, for us, we, we jump in the sea every day, we're based down in North Cornwall, whether it's a, a quick sea swim or if the waves are good or um, if someone wants to do do whatever they're going to do, if it's a run or, or a walk or, or whatever to get outside, just the power of that if it's 15 minutes or if it's just three hours. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's so much light on that as well at the moment, right? The health audience is just huge mm-hmm. and the outdoor audience is huge. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing on total addressable market, which is maybe slightly larger than just a non-out drink sector. Yeah, that's interesting. Isn't mm-hmm. And tell, let's wind forward and let's think about investment. And I know that you have been um, you know, actively seeking investment. How have you um, managed the sort of different skill set that, uh, is required for raising money as opposed to um, coming up with great flavors, coming up with a great brand. How have you managed those two quite different skill sets yet? Mm. So there's, yeah, it's a, it's, a different, it's a different thing to address. You, there's so many good ideas that don't get off the ground. And, um, and the, the, the fundraising journey is, um, is, is kind of something to, it's quite something to navigate. Mm-hmm. And definitely, for me, it's just been about trusting the right people mm-hmm. and, and keeping things as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's always other ben- benchmarks for what's happening inside your sector or, or in others. Um, and then there's just learning the basics that you need to achieve or understand to move forward. And those things that you don't understand or maybe don't have time to understand or aren't best placed to understand, it's about being around people that are that are really good in that sector and, and trusting them mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. luck. <laughs> well, it must be. I mean, you, you're kind of taking a leap of faith, yeah, in the sense that you're you're trusting, you know, you have to trust these various advisors around you. Um, what do you think was the sort of, um, what was the sort of difficult bit for you? What did you find hard? And, and maybe it was to do with communicating your great idea um, or maybe it was to doing to do with the sort of rejection that you have to deal with. Well, how did you sort of um, navigate that sort of difficult road? Yeah, the the answer to navigating the hard bits for me is go for a surf, <laughs> t- taking time out and sleeping on it. But mm-hmm. I'm tr- trying to have things in three to five bullet points, so I re- so I really understand the basics of them. Mm-hmm. Try and think really far ahead which is very difficult when you're just desperate to get it off the ground because you maybe can't afford to think too far ahead. Mm. So what would be an example of that? Is that in terms of distribution or...? I think in in terms of fundraising. Mm. So in terms of when you're going out and you're meeting people about your first seed rounds is is that the best thing to really do is to find out what's the norm trodden path in that in that journey because there's things that you you can and can't do that will really determine whether you're going to be able to raise money in future rounds and there's a lot of lookouts and a lot of things that you've got to be quite wary of 
Um, so for me, I was very lucky to have people that have raised money multiple times that came on board in the business in various in, in like you know, different capacities. But I, but they let me know what was normal and what was right and what was mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, I see. Okay. So getting getting sort of experience is is sort of key, I guess. Yeah. Um, let's think talk about the business now. Um, you've got your you you have some backers. Um, you're selling in how many different supermarkets and and um, retail points? Well, it's a tricky one to think about our, our number of customers. We have we have a few hundred. We're in um, you know we're in around twenty countries already. So we're two years old. Um, we we export to directly to I, mean, I think it's eleven territories, and that gets moved on into more where it's available in fifty states and the US. Is it all still distilled in a, a, in, in in Cornwall? Yeah, we make our product. Uh, we make our product about ten miles up the road from where we are, so that's really really exciting. And we source all our ingredients um, from locally from the southwest, and um, and everything's made by hand. So it's uh, it's it's really really fun to be able to do that, and, to, and you also really be able to think think ahead about scalable production when yeah. you're working when you're working with grocers and in conversations with them. Yeah. So um, you know that our sales have been going up every month. We've overshot our year two revenue forecasts, and and that's all fantastic. You've got to be thinking ahead to year three, year four, year five, mm-hmm. and um, capacity production, ingredients, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, year three, year four, year five. How does one scale it? And do you think it it, it is a question of of just scaling up your distribution um, in or scaling up your production in in Cornwall, um, and then increasing distribution points? Is that the is that the is that the route? So we have a fairly kind of di- we have a fairly direct consumer led company at the moment, especially with with COVID. We went to quite you know so many people in consumer brands went quickly to being say ninety ninety percent direct consumer in in um, through your website. Yeah, which I would website. thoroughly recommend people go to because it's a super <laughs> re- website, and we'll put it in the show notes. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, it's um, a website. You know, we have the, the largest uh, market share out of any uh, independent non-alc on uh, on Amazon. So you've got your you've got your, your trade stuff. You've got your grocery. Where we love indie retail. We love working with Dalesford, with Harrods, with locations like that. We love working with the best hotels in the country, like the Pig. And we really launched it through our you know community of local mission staff. So how friends. do you get in that? I mean, that must be a difficult conversation. The hard conversation around investment is is yeah. hard, of course, and you know it's a different skill set, but. You know, what did it feel like to, to, to land a you know getting in Harrods for example or getting in the pig? I mean that must have been a that must have been a superbly high moment, yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're um, uh, how do you do it? Uh, you know, building relationships with people yeah. and um, a bit of determination, a bit of grit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, we're really really lucky with with Penta with our with our investor network, with our product, with our customer base. And with our team, where when I go and try and work with someone, I'm very fortunate to be able to communicate what we do, what we're about, and they taste the product. We're the number one rated non-out spirit on Trustpilot. So people trust our liquid. They love what we do. And it's about getting to know them and figuring out how we can work with them. So um, I always really enjoy trying to get listed in, in, in amazing places. And um, it's just about finding the right fit, you know? Mm-hmm. Have you had to turn customers away? I mean, if a customer say doesn't sort of appeal to that, and if if they I don't know are too demanding, you don't need to give any names. But would you would you sort of say no? We might have said no to some people in the past. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> not going to be drawn on it, I guess when you're turning customers away, it's never easy. It's never easy to as well. Mm-hmm. You, you want to. Um, 
you know, do the right things for your company at the right time and to be nice to people as well. You know, sometimes you have to turn customers away when you've got, when you're sold out of things, sales have been higher than forecast and then you've got supply chain issues or, you know, all kinds of things. So um, that's never good as well. So what would you like Pentar to look like in, in five years' time? That's a good question. Um, would love for it to be totally unique to anything that's happened in the sector before and, and believe that we are on that path. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where you, I think when you're drawing up these ideas as well, if, if anyone's sort of listening or trying to draw something up, it's really great to think about brands and company that you want to keep within your sector and company that you want to keep outside of your sector. Mm-hmm. So when you think about where, where we want Pentire to be and in five years' time, you're sort of we're looking at Patagonia's and 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 North Face. So it's, it's brands that have really inspired people. In, in the Southwest, Finisterre does a fantastic job here. Rafa does a job where you inspire people to live a much better life through using or consuming your. Product. But that's interesting. That's sort of brand associate. That's brand association with non. I mean, they're not in your sector as yeah. such. It's just that's an aspirational. Yeah. Um, area that you want to be in mm. so rather than looking at your own sector you're looking elsewhere and mm. and, and, and and picking other brands it's quite an interesting differentiator i guess yeah i think i think if you if you're not doing that then you end up being a, a really me too kind of kind mm-hmm. of product and patagonia once was just been a, a clothing company or actually a climbing hardware company rafa were just i think they started out making cycling fit shorts um and and it's that vision and wanting to wanting to it sounds can sound super cheesy this is not got the right context wanting to change the world mm-hmm. it, it it's it's having that vision whilst you're also really small mm-hmm. I think is is absolutely everything in terms of inspiring people to come along for the journey and understanding what you're really trying to achieve with with a product like Pentire you have a, a sort of superb brand that the um, uh, imagery is superb you have clearly. Um, non-negotiable sort of uh, principles when you're um, and and obviously a, a great website and with, through which you go direct to consumer when you're thinking about advertising in inverted commas how, how do you want to communicate with your consumers and do you do it through advertising mm. uh, yes you know so many consumer brands are marketing on on facebook and instagram at the moment and google that's mm. where you're are you using them yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's you know, when you're looking at your your digital advertising and your kind of online retail. There's the stuff that, that you're controlling, and there's stuff that you know your customers might have online websites. You know, we just started working with FarmDrop, who are fantastic. You might look at Amazon, um, but when in the stuff that, that you're doing, when the sales that you're driving, sales through your store, uh, you're looking at you're looking at Facebook ads, you're looking at Instagram ads, and I think. W- with us where if you really try and communicate what's important to you as a company you will attract customers they will relate to you and you can be able to build really honest relationships mm-hmm. so it would always go very unsalesy and um and and lifestyle led and do you what about i mean we're all locked up at the moment how are you thinking about your offline advertising spend mm. uh, yes you you know we're predominantly thinking about our well, it's not answering the question. If I say I have a problem thinking about our online ads, yeah. but 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 just to sort of shed some light on it, I mean, in non out, eighty percent of it is consumed at home. So you've mm-hmm. got to think about think about that. Think about how how does this product fit into people's lives? For us, it's hopefully fitting into people's lives at home when they are um, 
yes, there's the moderators there. They want something nice to drink Monday to Thursday mm-hmm. uh, that tastes delicious, has a nice ritual to make. Um, but hopefully our, a lot of our customer base is extremely outgoing. They might be training for something. They mm-hmm. might be, be really pushing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many people are, are doing that at the moment. Um, but then it, how does that create to offline? So offline with us, it's a product that people have got to try. Whether if it's clothing, they probably want to try it on or feel it and and touch it. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. really get, you really get to know a garment or whatever it is. But in consumer in consumer brands, it's, you know, your, your sampling strategy, you've got to think about the geography. You've got to think about what's the end goal. Where do you want those customers to go? Who do you want? Who, who do you want them to really hopefully go away and, and tell about? And where they, where might they then want to find that product? So you, you might want to think think uh, you know in drinks everyone talks about liquid on lips and it's like mm-hmm. liquid on lips. <laughs> and, and Is that a saying? Liquid you, on lips. Hugely. If you're seeing if you're seeing a brand trying to you know <laughs> launch in London, they're just saying you, you you've got to you've got to know the conversion rate. There's a feel and there's all this kind of stuff, but you've got to know your conversion rate on a. Say our large bottles are seventy cl. You've got to know your conversion rate on a twenty cl bottle. You've got to know your conversion rate on on. on the conversion rate is how much people are, are actually yeah consuming. Yeah, because in in our in our in our industry and in, in so many consumer brands, a repeat purchase is is really where you live or die. Mm-hmm. And if you have a great product that someone has tried and they've tasted it and they've recommended it to a friend and they want to buy another and build it into their life, then that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, then it can be a real difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, so f- for us, it's, it's, it's reaching customers. Um, it's reaching our customers where they hang out, mm-hmm. where they ha- and everyone else will be doing that. It's where does our customer hang out when they're not doing or consuming our product? Yeah, it's kind of, that's an interesting sort of thought experiment, I guess. And Mm. it's kind of far removed from, um, uh, oh, we're just going to just put some ads on on Instagram. Yeah. And so it's it's like a a leap on from that, I see. Um, Maybe final question. If you were giving advice um, to some of our younger audience who are perhaps sort of early on in their career, maybe thinking about, um, doing something entrepreneurial, um, what advice would you give to them? Massive question. Uh, <laughs> and I but by no means know all the right answers to what they want to achieve, but hopefully I can help uh, people by sharing a few bits of my journey mm-hmm. so far. So uh, what I'd love for people to do is just to reach out to us. on. You can just say hi on hello at pentadrinks.com. Uh, and we'd love, to, we'd love to help people and show them what we've done, mm-hmm. you know, um, so get in touch with us um, mm-hmm. and we'd love to spend some time with you and, and help you out because there's the making the leap of faith from where you're currently at and and, and to do that you're going to really need to have a build a pretty good picture of, of what, what it might look like short and long term mm-hmm. and everything you know our sector is, is you know every startup is very high risk mm-hmm. um, but it gets de-risked by, by, by knowing people it may be just being, being a few steps ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your advice is get in touch with you. <laughs> no, uh, my advice is yeah. because, because hopefully, you know, maybe if, like, you know, the chances are is, is, is they may, may well not be starting up in drinks, but we might know someone in their sector. Yeah. So, so it's about finding people that have been where you've been before. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, within, within, and, and being around great people mm-hmm. that, that know where you want to go and what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just, just, just having faith to give something a go. If you're that type of character and you've got a real hunch to do it, then 
then um, you know if you are the type of character, then it's a must to explore and, a, and an absolute must to go through the creative step that you that you highlighted at the beginning is uh, is is you you can draw things and talk things into a reality and if you don't believe in it and you don't tell people that that is what you're going to do then it's never ever going to happen and then you tell someone that you're going to do it and then if you can draw out what you're going to do then that's the start of your really long-term plan of where you're going to go um and then connecting those dots Mm. is is everything else in between Mm. alistair frost thank you for joining me no thank you so much Thank you for listening to the Why Invest podcast with me, Doug Barnett, Portfolio Manager at Waverton. Our guest this week, Alistair Frost from Pentire Drinks. If you want any more information about Pentire Drinks, do go to their website at pentiredrinks.com. If you've enjoyed the show, why not like it or subscribe? Tell people you know.